0: Mike Tomlin had interesting things to say about the 49ers offense and defense we'll talk about that and what the Steelers need to do to disrupt both sides of the ball all here on the Locked on Steelers podcast I'm your host Chris Carter we got Arthur Motz on the show it's going to be a fun one
1: let's get into it
0: you are Locked on Steelers your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast part of the Locked on Podcast Network
1: your team every day
0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As long you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube, like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase, last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. More on them later. As I said before, we are joined. By the man himself, he's making his triumphant return to the show. You know him, you love him. Arthur Motes, aka the body.
2: What's the word? What's the word? word? What's the word?
0: Y'all know him, former (laughs) Steelers linebacker. He check out all of his content. He does so much, so many great things. Arthur, it's so great to have you back on the show.
1: Come on, man. You know I'm always glad to be here. And always good to see you. Looking dapper, might I add, True, too, man.
0: I got my black I, I, I got my Black Panther shirt on today, and we feeling oh, you good. fire,
1: feeling man. Good. You fire, baby. You look the part. I tell you that. <laughs> look,
0: man. You got your own face on your on your shirt. Stop you got it, merch. Like <laughs> <laughs> just being silly out here. But uh, most, I wanted to to start off. Because we've talked a little bit this week about man, the Steelers are going up against this Nick Bosa and that defense, and Kenny Pickett is going to be in trouble. But I've been I've been leaving this leaving this out there for Steelers fans to catch on for this show, and some of them are catching on in the comments, and they're they're like, "Man, who cares about their number one defense? We got a number one defense. we, we, we Brock Purdy you be scared of us." And so I hear it. them, I hear them, and that's kind of <laughs> what I was thinking that someone was saying. I was yeah. waiting for it, so they said it. So we wanted to focus on for to start to show what this Steelers defense does have to do to disrupt this Niners offense. It's wildly talented Christian McCaffrey, who Mike Tomlin said might be the best at, at winning in one-on-one in space. Yeah. Uh, Kittle who might not play, but either way you have to account for his ability to mm-hmm. make plays. Debo Samuel, an offensive line that's respected and Brock Purdy who was five and zero in the regular season yeah. last year. And maybe if he wasn't hurt at the end of the season. Maybe they win the NFC championship game over the Philadelphia Eagles. Who knows? But, All of that is a lot of factors to calculate. And especially a quarterback who hasn't lost a regular season game. And there's not a whole lot of tape on Mm emotes. What do you look at for the Steelers to have to do in this situation to counter what this offense does best?
1: Yeah. I mean, the big thing, when you're talking Brock Purdy and that Niners offense, it's more so to me, you got to disrupt the system, disrupt the timing of everything. Mm -hmm. It's the Kyle Shanahan offense, right? Everything is on a rhythm. So when you talk about it, they're always on schedule when they run the ball, They're running to stay on the clock. When they're deciding to pass, it's more of a lateral attack versus it's stretching you. But they're really calculated. So when they do decide to stretch you deep, that's after they've shown you the same thing over and over and you've kind of went to sleep at it, right? So the big thing when I look at stopping this 49ers offense or disrupting it, you got to disrupt the timing. So, number one, you got to be good on first down. They cannot have positive first down plays, whether that's running the ball with McCaffrey or when they get aggressive and go play action pass early in the downs. Those are some of the things that they'll do to stay on schedule. With the front that we have, we got to win that. Now, we know for Highsmith, man, you got you a heck of a matchup with Trent Williams. Good luck. But on the other side, Colton McKivitts, this is a former, what, fifth round draft pick. Mm -hmm. This is the type of matchup that we book. We say, hey, you know what, if y'all got Trent, that's fine. Y'all are not going to be able to account for TJ on the other side, and that's one of the things that I do feel like when you're talking about disrupting a Brock Purdy, you have to make him play fast. When he was going on that five and zero run, he never played ahead of himself. He was very comfortable, and a mm-hmm. lot, a lot of that is the system. Shanahan does a great job of making sure that he's not behind the sticks, that he's not really exposed. To a lot of you know negativity, whether it's the third and super longs, right? Obvious pass situations because they're so good on first and second down. But that's why if we can get after that early on, now you force Brock to be something that he traditionally has not been going off of his college state, which is why he was drafted where he was drafted. He typically does not thrive when he has to improvise when it's not on schedule when it's not read here, read here, release. Those are some of the things that were why, you know, he was available as, quote unquote, the last quarterback taken in the draft. In contrast to a Kenny Pickett, Mm -hmm. who we've seen, he's already shown that he can make plays and improvise and do that at a high level. For Brock, that's something that we want to know, was last year a flash in the pan? Or are you starting to develop that realistically or legitimately? But to me, I have my doubts on it. And that's why I feel like as long as you get that pressure up front like it's supposed to be and make Brock play fast, he is going to struggle. And I think that's going to be the the huge advantage for us in terms of disrupting that system that they have over there.
0: It's very interesting you brought up that system because that's exactly kind of what Mike Tomlin was talking about yeah. when I asked him the same question during his uh, Tuesday presser. Here is, the, is that when I asked him the question about Brock Purdy and what the Niners do on offense and how he responded. Here's Mike Tomlin. Mike, what kind of keys does your defense have to focus on for a quarterback like Brock Purdy when he hasn't had a ton of, of tape to study over the Over
2: It's less specifically about Brock Purdy. It is more about how Kyle Shanahan chooses to utilize his quarterback within the schematics of what it is that he does. And so whether it's Purdy or, or Darnold or Garoppolo or anyone that, you know, Matt Ryan or his days in Cleveland, uh, we just see very similar things in terms of their approach to football. It's very quarterback friendly. Um, it doesn't put him in a lot of adverse circumstances. It keeps them on schedule. And in doing so, it minimizes the potential for negativity. It's a great platform, particularly for a young guy to play and gain experience. And I think it's reflective of Purdy's journey a year ago and their collective journey a year ago. But I imagine uh, his growth and development in that experience has him and them ready to take another step, just like we are with our young quarterback. There you
0: have it, right there. And Mike Tomlin even draws a connection to, mm-hmm. to you know, how the Steelers want to use Kenny Pickett. They don't yeah. want to put Kenny Pickett in tough situations. They want to put him in quarterback-friendly situations. Mm-hmm. But and, and here's the thing: I can hear some people when they hear quarterback-friendly. Oh, Mike Tomlin's dissing Brock Purdy. Is no, he's acknowledging that what they do right now tries to put Brock Purdy in an yeah. advantageous situations, as all coaches should try to do. That's what this you is. have a young quarterback still adapting to the NFL. It's just a hey, part of it
1: many of people have been put in bad situations behind their pride and their ego. Mm-hmm. If you allow your pride and your ego to say, man, let me put this quarterback guy here and have him throw that ball 40, 50 times. You gonna are be without a job in a hurry. Yep. These guys, I know they know exactly what they're doing. You take your time with these guys, man. And yeah, you roll it out a little bit more. And we saw that with Purdy and with Kenny, right? First start versus towards the end of their starting. Those playbooks start to get expanded a little bit. They're, uh, exposure to risk got expanded a little bit. And then even going into this preseason, we saw firsthand with Kenny, how it's even more ratcheted up, right? Yep. So I'm anticipating some of things with Brock Purdy, but we just know that that system specifically is tried and true in the sense of if they want to minimize exposure to negativity, it has been proven at multiple, spot, uh, multiple stops with multiple quarterbacks that it is tried and true to work. Whereas obviously, with that candidate, we're still learning along the way and seeing if it's going to be to the same extent. But to me, I could definitely see the parallels, though, between both teams and both uh, situations right now.
0: And again, it comes back to where what you were talking about. Can you disrupt it? Can you can you disrupt the timing? And part of that, a lot of that starts up front. You know mm-hmm. where the Steelers' defense, you know, the strength of their defense is. Mike Tomlin also said he didn't feel like slapping any negative connotations on uh, Larry Ogunjobi's health status, which was a good thing, I think, yeah. for the Steelers because he's going to be very, very, very important to this process. But like you said, T.J. Watt getting a really big opportunity yeah. against the, against their their offensive tackle Alex Highsmith, Yeah, sure he is to Williams, but here's here's the thing: I think Alex mm-hmm. Highsmith versus him that's a yeah. really good matchup you might be able to Absolutely. win that times uh, a yeah. couple times of the game and then you still got cam hayward Ogan joey if he doesn't play you still got benton uh you still got watch you got adams and then you got leal who's going to be rotating all over the place for the steelers mm-hmm. and then there's the depth that they're going to bring up front mm-hmm. with guys uh like nick herbig and marcus Gold- golden i think a lot of it depends on that and also depends on can this can this run defense Limit Christian McCaffrey yeah. to force Brock Purdy in some of those disadvantageous situations yeah. where he's going to have to make riskier plays. He's going to have to, you know, show his moxie in, in some out of uh, out of system moments. And the more chances you do that, the more chances you get to create turnovers against this team.
1: Yeah, absolutely, you're 100 right, and that is one of the benefits of the depth that we have, specifically at the edge rusher position. You're throwing multiple body types, multiple styles of rushers at these tackles it's going to work, you know, and that's the thing. You just need one or two times where you come home and it's a strip sack and now we're talking turnovers. Now we're talking short fills. That's the difference in these type of games, you know, where it's, you know, evenly matched in certain elements or we feel like it's evenly matched. The way that it swings one way or the other are through special teams, are through turnovers, the hidden yardage, penalties, things like that. So it's a lot of variables that are going to be in our favor if we take advantage of them.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a big key here. We got. I want to talk to you about that Niners defense, though, and other things they have to focus on for that. We'll get to that in a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Your host, Chris Carter, here with Arthur Motes on the show. But first, I want to remind you guys, this show is sponsored by Harry's. I shave for this show because if y'all saw my face when it looked unkept, it's bad. And I'm talking like caveman bad, as in like, yikes. But when I shave, I feel confident. And no matter why you shave, Harry's has you covered at a price that you'll love. From high-quality razors to skin products that exfoliate your face, Harry gives you a premium shave at a great price. You'll receive a high-quality razor with all the products you'll need to make your facial hair a highlight you'll love to show off wherever you're out. The starter set is a $13 value that you can get just for $3 at harrys.com NFL. It has a five-blade German-engineered razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. Refills cost as low as $2, and Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction rate in the shaving industry. And it's a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? It's on them. Get $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com NFL. That's harrys.com NFL for a $3 starter set. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter here with former Steelers linebacker Arthur Motz. Motz, you study a lot of defense in the NFL. You study a lot of tape in the NFL, but being a defender yourself and a former edge rusher, I I think you you provide really good insight on a lot of things, but especially on defense where you're very familiar with that style of play and what they need to do. When the Steelers look at what the Niners are supposed to, are are, going to do on defense, I want to get to what Tomlin said about the concepts that they bring, but I want to ask you. What makes Nick Bosa and this the defensive front so dangerous when it comes to disrupting the run and getting after the
1: quarterback? Yeah, I mean, they're an extremely aggressive bunch. You watch them, they get off the ball. Um, that's one of the things that has really helped guys like Fred Warner and uh Andre Greenlaw. Now, granted, both of those dudes are phenomenal, but they're clean. A lot yeah. of times as a linebacker, it's like, man, if I can just be clean to just athlete on athlete or playing space you traditionally should thrive and you get those type of guys at the second level. They're doing that. But it really, to me, man, I just like that front is super aggressive and they got bodies that can win one-on-ones inside and outside. You talk Nick Bosa, reigning defensive player of the year. He's a guy that historically has competed with TJ Watt, Miles Garrett as who's the number one outside linebacker, edge rusher, pass rusher in this league. You talk about a guy like Eric Armstead, high pedigree guy that has been doing this thing for a while now one-on-one can win, disruptive in the run game, Javon Hargrave.
0: Yeah, who we know
1: very well. We know what that is. He's a one-on-one maniac. He's a guy Mm -hmm. that can disrupt you in the running game and in the pass game. And we saw that in a 3-4 as a nose tackle, but we've also seen it in a 4-3 these past couple of seasons with the Eagles. So when you talk about just these different variations of guys up front, that's part of it, you know, and then, They've had depping years past. Now, we'll see what that looks like this year. But that's the other part for them where they've just been able to continue, almost like what we're talking about with our defense right now, right? When TJ and Heisman go off, you're getting Marcus Golden and Nick Herbig. So you're like, man, you never get a break. It's never really this massive drop-off. That's been the Niners, especially up front. And they just overwhelm teams. It is very hard to play offense or play quarterback in this league when you're under duress. And when you looked at times at the different rushes that they've had inside and outside and the amount of success that they've had, it's just like, man, they create a constant sense of pressure. And when you talk about the guys on the back end that are able to capitalize on that, yeah. ball savvy guys, guys get their hands on interceptions, that's the recipe for success. Then you factor that in with the offense that's able to sustain long drives, it's methodical, but can take chances, doesn't turn the ball over now you keep them fresh so everything kind of works together for them and that to me is just that overwhelming element that the Niners defense you know has been able to show these past couple of years which is why they've been viewed how they've been viewed
0: most it sounds a lot like you're talking about how the Steelers defense play, you know, plays come on career, now career right. healthy. Yeah. Like this yeah. this again has been my point this whole off season okay. was that if Kenny Pickett takes the right steps
1: mm-hmm. and the
0: offensive line does get a boost, we say with Isaac Samalo, the improvement of Dan yeah. Moore Jr. across the board, they're all playing bet- mm-hmm. much better this year. And the running game better. better. Yeah. And the defense is healthy. Mm-hmm. This is what the Steelers have been trying to get to, a team Absolutely. that can dominate on defense and Absolutely. win enough on offense while not putting their defense in so many bad, bad places.
1: Think That's what the Niners this. do. Chris. When Garoppolo was there taking him to the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship game, did we ever look at the Niners and say, oh, they're so explosive on offense nope. because they can throw it 50 times and score 50 points? No. It was, they don't turn the ball over. They're going to run this ball. They have four different running backs at one point, right? Yeah, Four different running Raheem Mostert and company, right? They have four different dudes, a tight end, and one guy that can go win a one-on-one outside on the perimeter. But they're going to run the ball, run the ball, play action pass, and then take their shots. But – That's part of, like I said, what makes them just so tough. That system as a whole, it benefits the offense, but it also benefits the defense. And that is what we've been lacking these past couple of seasons is just that ability to consistently sustain drives on offense and keep our defense off the field. Because if our defense can stay fresh and rested, they will be the number one defense in the league the best defenses are always the defense that are the most rested that are always on the sideline. You look at the Niners defense. They don't play a ton of snaps every game because that offense isn't going to allow them to the system won't allow them to. That's the part for us that we got to be more efficient. And so that way our defense can go ahead and show what we truly capable of.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Here was Mike Tomlin. When I asked him, you know, about the concepts that they deploy on defense too, because it's not just the players They do. They do have a good system over there. And, Mm -hmm. There's going to be some revamps in the system because
1: they have a new defense. Shout out team. to Steve Wilkes, man. Absolutely, man. Steve,
0: Steve Wilkes is now in a defensive coordinator. Uh, Domingo ryans he's now over uh, with the Houston Texans yeah. doing his thing there as the, as the head coach. But Get your Tampa 2 ready,
1: to- man. Get your Tampa yeah. 2
0: ready. Exactly. But let's listen to Mike and what he had to say when we asked him about it. Mike, you, you know, there's a lot of talk about the talent the Niners have on defense, but what do they do conceptually up front that also puts their guys in good positions to win?
2: They have strong schematics. They do. Uh, they have turnover at the coordinator position, but they have continuity uh, in their coaching, particularly their D line coaches. Uh, veteran guy, man, very good at what he does. Um, has had kick-ass fronts wherever he's been. Um, the strategically how they deploy people, the way they're willing to move their chess pieces to create one-on-one matchups to to prevent you from doing the things that people naturally do to try to minimize guys like Bosa. They just do a really good job of. Of
0: staying ahead of it. That's a big part of this, too, Arthur, is that I, I look at the Niners and the way they play defense. It's not that it's not that they just line up and they come at you. They're they're moving you around, they're forcing your offense to offensive line to think, they're forcing your quarterback to think, and they're trying to slow you down as much as possible. But that is something the Steelers have done for years. That's something that they they did when you were on, on, on yeah. defense. Try to present different looks, try to confuse people. Is this something that you think the Steelers will have the ability to counter in the way that they're able to do Or is this going to be a day where, man, can he pick it better? Watch out because he's going to be under siege.
1: Put it like this. It's new offensive line for us, right? So mm-hmm. we're going to see first game for four quarters. Can they hold up what that looks like? This is going to be a heck of a test. Though. I'm not even going to lie to you. You know, when you talk about what they do, they are really good at it. And especially if Bosa plays, we know that that's still up in the air with the whole contract situation that he has. But we know him being out there, that's like TJ Watt being out there for us. Yep. So it's never an easy day when you're dealing with a TJ and a Cam Hayward, and it's not an easy day when you're dealing with a Nick Bosa and a Javon Hargrave. So there are going to be elements where it's like, yeah, Kenny, you're going to need to be a little bit more aware of that to get that ball out. Matt Canada, you're going to need to move the pocket a little bit because that's how you can counter some of that D line movement, some of the pre-snap movement that you might see from the Niners defensively you either quick count with tempo or you play action pass you call concepts that are going to work regardless of the coverage and it's going to make the defense feel uncomfortable if they're doing a lot of pre-snap window dressing those are some of the things that you do New England historically would do that to us it's Mm -hmm. like you want to do all this pre-snap movement you want to make it tough we're going to quick count you we're going to get you in the same call we're going to make this happen so now we take that advantage back And that's all we're trying to do on defense. The movement, we're just trying to be aggressive instead of sitting on our heels and allowing 300-pound offense linemen to tee off one at times. Not the biggest defenders. When you don't have the size, you rock with the speed and the quickness. So a lot of D-line movements, stuff like that. So that's how they get their advantage back against the offense. That's how we get our advantage back against the offense. But We just told you about how to counter that, and that's the part where the Niners have been able to execute that really well offensively for them to keep them dogs off of them. That's the part for us that we've seen this preseason look good, but now we need to go ahead and carry that over into the regular season to offset what they're going to be trying to do up front. But if we can get that play action, that run game going the way it's supposed to be, we'll be fine. We'll definitely be fine. But you have to be able to get that because that's going to keep you out them third and longs. You don't want third and longs versus this group.
0: I entirely agree. There's a there's a system there. There is a Mm -hmm. way to get there. It's just a matter. Can the Steelers get there if they do? I think it says a lot about the Steelers offense and what their capabilities will be this year. But I want to talk about we'll talk about Arthur in a second here because these this is the potential to be maybe the best defensive clash. We'll see uh, between two different defensive units in the same game Mm -hmm. this year. And I got to ask him, will the Steelers take that number one defensive title off the Niners this year. We'll get down the other side of the break here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Chris Carter here with Arthur Motes. But first, I want to remind you that this show is also sponsored by GameTime. GameTime is, of course, the place that you got to go to because where, where buying tickets is it can it can be non-stressful and actually help you have a lot more fun because GameTime is the fast and easy way to, to buy tickets for all events. And that includes sporting events, music events, uh, uh, concerts, comedy, theater events, anything near you. GameTime most likely is going to get you t- tickets there. And not just tickets, killer deals on last-minute tickets. And they have a best price guarantee that can't be beat. If you download the GameTime app right to your phone or go to their website, GameTime.co, you can book tickets even up to the last it a minute and they give you uh flash deals on tickets for anything football games, basketball games, baseball games, concerts, comedy, theater events, anything near you. They they will help they will help you find. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets to the same event to the same event in the same section in a row for less somewhere else, game time will credit you 110% of that difference in those prices. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase, or go to their website, GameTime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter here with Arthur Motes here talking with this about the Steelers, Niners, getting you ready for this upcoming weekend on the Wednesday show here. Motes, We talked about the Steelers' defense and how they need to get after Purdy. We talked about how the Niners are going to try to get after Kenny Pickett last year. And Mike Tumman acknowledged this they were the most dynamic, most prolific, most dangerous defense in football. They were the best defense in football. They finished number one in points allowed, number one in yards allowed. In fact, they allowed an average of 16.3 points per game, just over 300 yards per game at 300.6. That is a phenomenal year yes, for them. Chris,
1: they're good. All right, they're good. I get they're it. I love them. They're good.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so you're, you're getting my point here. I love but, it. <laughs> but Steelers missing TJ Watt for two months. Still finished 10th defensively, giving up 20.4 points per game. Just basically, uh, you know, four more points a game than than, than the Niners. They gave up 330.4 yards per game, so about you know, a 30-yard completion more per game uh, than, than the Niners. They both tied the NFL's lead for the most interceptions had last season. And again, the Steelers were missing the reigning defensive player of the year that was the year before in T.J. Watt for several games, pretty much half a season. And even when he was back, he wasn't even 100%. He looks 100% now in, in preseason. So I ask you this, Motes, is this the year The Steelers take the number one defensive title back off of the Niners, and it be something that the Steelers can brag about because there was a time, once upon a time, it's not that long ago, even though it does feel like it feels like it's forever ago. But the Steelers' defense was the number one defense Mm -hmm. in the NFL for in in either yards, points, or both in Mm -hmm. 2012, 2011, 2010, 2008, 2007, and Four, you mm-hmm. look at all those years, the Steelers now. dominant. They've been rebuilding. They've had some mm-hmm. great years. They've been top five. They were top five in 2020 yeah. and 2019. Mm-hmm. Motes, are they number one this year?
1: If this offense can do what they're supposed to do, mm. they would definitely be number one. You already said it. They have the exact talent that you need at all three levels. That's part of why the Niners are so good. They got guys up front. They got guys at the second level, and they got guys at the secondary position that can create turnovers. Those are all the recipes for success. We've already shown that we can do all of those things. To me, the past couple of seasons, we've run into the issue of defense being out there too long at times, or this past season, TJ getting hurt. Those are the type of things that can't happen. Now, we can't account for injuries. So that's why I don't really plan for that or even speak on it a lot in terms of, oh, this guy got to stay healthy, that guy gotta, has to stay healthy. We know, just got to stay healthy, period. But the next big thing to this defense being elite and dominant and ultimately being the number one ranked defense at the end of the season, they can't be out there playing 80 snaps every week. It can't be that. The offense is going to have to sustain drives. Yep. And that's the thing. If they can do that, this defense is ready to be as great as they need to be because they have all the talent. They got to do. you got T.J. Watt, who's arguably the greatest defender right now versus Alex Heisman, who's coming on 14 and a half sacks, along with Cam Hayward, who's shown mm-hmm. to be a perennial 10-plus sack dude, all pro yep. caliber. Minka Fitzpatrick, arguably the number one safety in the game right now. It's like, you got these dudes all over. And then your question marks, right? And I say that word loosely. Patrick Peterson coming off of five interceptions and 15 PBUs. Yep. Levi Watts coming off of, what, four interceptions. Joy Porter Jr., the 32nd overall draft pick. Those are your question marks. Quan Alexander, Cole Holcomb, Alandon <clears throat> Roberts. Alandon and Cole coming off 100-plus tackle season. You can make a case. Alandon's coming off his best season mm-hmm. this last year in Miami. Quan is a dog. He's got to stay healthy. We've seen it. Those are the questions though, right? Those are question marks. So if those are question marks, if a Demonte Casey who's led the league in interceptions before who came in last season after missing time through injury and still provided splash, if those are questions, I feel great about this defense right here, man. Like I said, we just got to make sure that they're not playing too many snaps, baby.
0: I think that's a huge part of this. You know, I I I've brought this up before on the show, but I want to keep bringing this up is that if, if you remember – the 2021 playoffs, and the Steelers got in at the last second, mm-hmm. faced the Kansas City Chiefs. The defense held that patch of the right. Chiefs offense, about a quarter and a half. Mm-hmm. Even gave the Steelers a seven the lead. lead with a team. Gave them lead. Touchdown. They gave mm-hmm. them a lead. If the Steelers offense, go, you go back and look at the. Come on, man. The- if the Steelers' offense, which in that game, and this is not, this is not to, 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 to you know say like we're 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 yeah. we're, we're banging down on somebody uh, mm-hmm. for 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 this or anything, but we're just bringing the Steelers' offense went three and out in all the drives, mm-hmm. in all the drives in those in those situations, it kept putting the defense defense back out there. Yeah, but if you go back to the Steelers' offense and if they were able to just hang in there and give them. Two scoring drives and at least their, the it, rest man. of their drives like man. took took time. The Steelers would have had a chance to be up maybe seventeen yeah. nothing at halftime. Not at the not in the middle of the second quarter, it but half at halftime. Time. You look at the possessions yeah. here. Motes, The Steelers had the ball. I'm counting here. One, two, three, four, five. The Steelers had the ball five times. Yeah and excuse me, they didn't go all three every time, but they had five and six plays on, on, yeah. certain, on certain drives, but they had
1: That's all quick, punts in
0: those situations, and they <laughs> yeah. got a turnover in that. They intercepted Patrick yeah. Holmes. Devin Bush got mm-hmm. a pick in that game. I remember. You look at that, if they had just done just enough to get the defense off the field, you know, keep the defense off the mm-hmm. field and put some points up, it changes the tone of that dyna- that, that yeah. game dynamically. May not win in the game because the Chiefs are that, that crazy yeah. of a team, but that was a 2021 defense that I'm not sure has the assets that this defense does. A I was more going to say that, yeah, and more
1: experienced because that more experienced. I remember that was, and a one, remember, that was Akela Witherspoon and was that Pierre still on the opposite I think, side?
0: I think G- James Pierre was still there. Let me go pull that up. Real I quick. say I feel
1: like he was a part of that rotation on the back end.
0: I'm looking at guys here. I mean, Terrell Edmonds, Joe Hayden yeah. was still there. Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out know, to Sutton Joe. Was still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Akella Witherspoon did have two tackles in the game. Yeah. I don't think James here was involved. as involved in this. But point being, mm-hmm. they, they were in a different space yeah. defensively, and they were still, mm-hmm. re, you know, really good that year. It wasn't. It wasn't yeah. like they were. They were a bad defense. That defense carried them to the playoffs that year. Yeah, it definitely but did, man. Yeah. I, I think that when you get when you see Watt and Highsmith, where that yeah. the additions of Golden and Herbig, I don't think they've been this deep at outside mm-hmm. linebacker since. Maybe it's been even a while, man. It's been a while, it's been like, but when Bud yeah. Dupree was starting, it was that year mm-hmm. where I think Alex Highsmith was a, was a, he's still young, yeah, uh, he was a rookie. And so mm-hmm. it was like, you know, they, it's even better than that. You look at that, the yeah. defensive line depth, the linebackers mm-hmm. that they have, which they Absolutely. haven't really solved since Shazier's injury. Mm-hmm. Man, Motes. I just, I look at it I'm like that's the defense that they could have with the, and if they have yes. the offense. That can keep them off. keep them off the Seriously, field and give them leads to protect. It yes. makes this team so much more competitive.
1: And imagine if this defense, as great as we think it is, yep. is playing with a lead. We've been seeing them play from behind. Yep. Imagine when they get a chance to play with the lead, man. Be out in front, pin their ears back and really rush, really get you know aggressive. Those are the things where it's like, man, we haven't really seen that just yet. And I think once we start to see that, that's when this defense becomes even more scary.
0: I, I agree. That's where this defense does become more scary, and it could be the, the key factor here. So, it's again, it's something like Mike Tomlin always talks about, complementary football. Yes. Will the Steelers have it this year? We'll get the first chance to see week one, 1 p.m. Sunday, Akersher Stadium. Moats, thanks so much for joining us here on the Locked yes, Up. Yes, indeed, podcast. baby. Let people they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work.
1: Yeah, man, um, check me out, arthemotes.com for all my media stuff, or go to YouTube, type in my name. You can't miss me, and, of course, on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the body. Use <laughs> <you> <laughs> Dubai. Everyone loves. Got to. You got to say that. Got to say it once a while.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Most. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Lockdown <laughs> <and> Steelers <laughs> podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Find me on on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can read my work at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette by going to Post Gazette. Dot com. You can find me here Monday through Friday, breaking down your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, whether you listen to it on Apple Podcasts or uh, all your audio platforms or on YouTube. And if you want to support the show in, in other ways, please go on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars with a positive comment, do, 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 doing so uh, uh, both at the same time, get you a shout out like this person. We've got Megan C who says five stars. It's my favorite listen to keep up with my favorite team. Shout out to Megan C for the five star rating. Get your shout out by giving us a five-star rating with a positive comment here also want to remind remind you guys we've been doing this campaign All off season, but we, and we thank for everyone who's contributed, but the end of the month is when we're, when this campaign's finishing and that's our campaign to raise money for the cystic fibrosis foundation. If you don't know about cystic fibrosis, it is a dangerous condition that impacts tens of thousands of Americans every day. It is something that they're fighting for a cure for, and we're raising money for it here on the locked on Steelers podcast. If you want to do that here, just download the QR code that's on your screen right now and, and, or go to the website that's on your screen right now. We'll also put the link to the website to that in the description of this YouTube episode and the description of all our audio platforms there if you want to donate but if you donate at least ten dollars you not only get a chance you'll not only guarantee that your call in will be definitely answered on the show because we do take Collins on this show but we're also adding now we do have an an unofficially authentically autographed uh Najee Harris uh uh uh, picture that he has autographed the Steelers have we're so nice to donate to the campaign we will have from now up until I believe we're going to do it right before game time, kickoff sun, Sunday afternoon. If you donate during that time, you will have a shot to be entered in for a raffle to win that donated picture that we'll, that we'll send to you right here. Again, $10 to the cystic fibrosis foundation will go a long way to helping out people that need that help so much. Thanks again, Motes for being here on the show. Thank you again for you all for being, for checking us out. We got crossover Thursday. It's back tomorrow. We're talking with the lockdown 49ers guys. We'll get you then right here on the lockdown Steelers podcast.